Hey everybody, this is Karis Frigi, and this is a daily devotional podcast where I will read a portion of scripture, a new one every day, and then share some thoughts that I've written on it. I hope it encourages you. Hello everybody, today is March 9th. And we're going to read John chapter 5. We're going to read verses 1 through 17. But I'm going to say this in advance. If you're reading in your Bible, if it's a newer translation of ESV or NASB or even the NIV, you might notice that you don't have a verse 4. And I went searching for it because I was familiar with the verse 4. I don't even know where I've read that before, but um, I knew it existed, but it just kept being taken out. But if um, anyway, if you look on a Bible app or maybe in an older translation, you'll see that the verse four is there. So I'm going to read it with a verse four from the Amplified. I'm just going to take that version and stick it in in the middle of the ESV so that we get kind of a bigger picture of the story because I feel like verse four is very essential. And I think maybe it has to do with manuscripts or whatever, but we're going to have the verse four. Uh, You kind of get the idea of what happens even if you don't, but I like verse four. So here we go. Starting in verse 1, we're just going to read the first 17 verses today. It says, After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool, an Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five roofed colonnades. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. An angel of the Lord went down into the pool at appointed seasons and stirred up the water. The first one to go in after the water was stirred was healed of his disease. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, and while I am going, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Get up, take up your bed, and walk. And at once the man was healed. And he took up his bed and walked. Now that day was the Sabbath. So the Jews said to the man who had been healed, It's the Sabbath, and it's not lawful for you to take up your bed. But he answered them, The man who healed me, that man said to me, Take up your bed and walk. They asked him, Who is this man who said to you, Take up your bed and walk? Now the man who had been healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn, as there was a crowd in the place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you're well. Sin no more, that nothing worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. And this was why the Jews were persecuting Jesus, because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, My father is working until now, and I am working. Okay, so to imagine this scene is to submerge yourself into suffering. Not many of us do this. Here we find the living water himself has just left Samaria and come back to Jerusalem, and he intentionally visits Bethesda, where a multitude of suffering souls lay in their disheveled disappointment and exhausted hope. Bethesda. This pool is called House of Mercy or Flowing Water. Rumor had it that an angelic touch on the water would heal whoever first hopped in. Just one. One would be healed, and the multitude would continue in their pain and rejection and grow even more heartsick in their waiting. One man catches Jesus' attention. The better part of four decades he has lived with his disability. Time and again he apparently has attempted the envied dive into those healing waters and been thwarted. His malady now has turned from physical to emotional and spiritual and mental. 
This is the progression of most who suffer. Do you want to be healed? Jesus asks. This seems rhetorical, but it's not. The man might so identify with his infirmity that it has become more natural to suffer than to hope. What would it mean for him to be healed? What would it look like to no longer evoke strangers' pity? Who was he without his pain? He can't even give Jesus a straight answer, just a series of excuses. But the merciful one, the true house of mercy himself, has enough hope for this man without needing him to muster it up on his own. Get up, take your bed and walk. Do in a moment what you've longed to do for a lifetime. If you find yourself today lying in a colonnade of broken people, feeling orphaned by hope and outnumbered with others more needy and worthy than you, look up. The master might be standing over you today and he has hope to offer you again. Hey, thanks so much for listening today. I wanted to share um, a passage just out of Psalm 103, uh, one that it's it's so worth looking at, and um, it just talks about who God is. It, in it, it says that He He heals all your diseases, and um, He redeems your life from the pit. He satisfies your desires with good things. He renews your youth like the eagles. He crowns you with love and compassion. Um, all of Psalm 103 is amazing, but specifically those verses. And I think um, as I've gone through different things um, where I've been tempted to identify myself or my son with different sicknesses or ailments or things, I always try to remember Psalm 103 and remember first that Jesus is the one who heals me. Um, and I remember sitting in a waiting room when my son was getting chemo and just hearing some moms talking about what their kids had. and. Um, almost the attitude that I got was that we were in a competition to see whose son or whose kid had the worst thing. And I remember leaving that being so disturbed and wanting in my heart to have my son always identify with healing rather than with sickness. And I know that would be so hard, especially after 38 years, like the man in the story. Um, but there is something about what we meditate on um, is important, what we think about ourselves. And so anyway, I hope that somehow is encouraging today. And I, I was listening to someone recently talking about an evangelist who used to get um, letters from people who had different ailments and they would say, pray for me. And, and she would write them back. And at the very end of her letter, she would write, look up. Um, that's how she would sign it. And I thought that was so beautiful that, that there is a, in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the hard, that invocation to look up and to look at Jesus. And I just see this man in this story looking up and seeing the face of Jesus, perfect in mercy, perfect in compassion, and totally able to heal him. And that's the same Jesus that we're invited to know today. So I hope that's encouraging to you, no matter what kind of thing you're going through, that you can look up in the middle of it too, instead of looking around and Man, it would have been so discouraging to be in that, in that little area around the pool and see everyone suffering and be like, this must be reality. But, but Jesus was speaking a better word for him, and he's speaking a better word for us. So anyway, hope you have a great day. See you back here tomorrow.